the Toddcast Podcast at Facebook.com slash Toddcast Podcast. Hello? Daryl. Hi there. Hey, bud. It's Todd Hancock here in Vancouver. How are things? Uh, not bad. You? Uh, well, it's our crunch time. I call this as the playoff before the finals. <laughs> I bet your world must be just crazy right now. Yeah, I'm kind of on 12, 16-hour days, seven mm-hmm. days a week. But, uh, you know, it's all good. Right, right. Well, of course, <laughs> it's all the payoff for the uh, the Indie Week Canada. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I, I also uh, took on a role with CD Baby earlier this year. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And, and how's that uh, How's that going? Uh, it's amazing. I bet. And, uh, but it, it is two fairly big jobs at the same time. Right. So, and they complement each other very well, so I'm doing both at the same time all the time. Hmm. Uh, you know, sounds uh, very familiar. I've got the podcast full time, and uh, also I'm one of the instructors at the radio course at PCIT. Full, full, ah, ti- cool. full time. So yeah, I I understand that. I get the, I get that workload. <laughs> yeah. The rest, uh, you know, evil, evil. There, what is it? What do they say again? No rest for the wicked. I think that's. I think you and I fall into that category. Oh, what's rest? <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> I think I got maybe four hours of sleep last night. So as the, yeah. as the founder of Indie Week Canada, this is going back like to two decades ago now. We're going to get more into that, of course, in a, in a sec. But I want to go back to the beginning here, Daryl. And what's the music in your house as a kid growing up? Which bands are your parents kind of exposing you to? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, growing up, it was like my dad was all country. Uh, but traditional, like like think old, like Merle Haggard, like Waylon Jennings, and yeah, yeah, Waylon, yeah, 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 you know, outlaw country, a lot of it, yeah. Um, and then my mom was more, I think, adult contemporary, mm. uh, like uh, Neil Diamond, um, the yeah. Carpenters, sure, Elton John, Elton John, very much, yeah, a lot of piano, yeah, right. Um, well, I'm trying to think, is it Tennille or, or some, uh, oh, Captain, Captain and Tennille. Tennille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then my sister, who was, who was five years older, okay. was, uh, into like ACDC, Black Sabbath. Nice. Uh, classic rock, Led Zeppelin big time, The Who, Beatles. Uh, so I kind of got a bit of everything. So what was your first concert? Well, it might be Neil Diamond, actually. Wow. Yeah. And how how old would you have been that for that? Oh God. Uh, I don't know, man. I was I was young. Like my mom. Like it was either that or uh, Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Two beauties out of the gate. I love it. Yeah. Um, like I was very very fortunate. Uh, my grandfather was a piano player, like a hobbyist. But uh, he was always playing piano, so so through him I heard, and my mom played piano too, I would hear like ragtime songs, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and also more like musicals, which I despise most part. <laughs> well, don't despise, but musicals right. are my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's pretty eclectic. So which bands were the first to really grab a hold of you then? Uh, I listened to everything, you know. A real big one early was Cheap Trick. Yeah, great. Uh, Cheap Trick, Bay City Rollers. 
Wow. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also had the Saturday morning uh, show. Oh, did they really? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, they had a show every Saturday morning. And, and as a kid, I would watch anything that was uh, um, music, you know? Mm. Oh, of course, same, yeah. Tell us about putting together um, Indie Week Canada. Like, I said it was a couple decades back, but what you, what specific year, which year did you fire things up? Uh, I believe it was 2003. Okay. And it's, it's a little bit hazy in the sense that I kind of started with, like, a test, which wasn't, like, full-blown festival, and then did the full thing. Uh, well, full thing at that time being six venues, I believe. Right. Uh, you know, uh, not as crazy as it is now. <laughs> I bet, yeah. So what stands out from that first year? I mean, the learning curve must have been insane. Uh, it actually wasn't that bad, truthfully. Really? really? It was actually pretty easy to pull off um at that size and, and it was a different time like people were going out to venues just because bands were playing right um and also bands went out to venues to support bands oh, wow what a, what a and, novel idea yeah and and you know it was like queen street was a hub like people were just going to queen street because that's where you went um and back then there was a, like all the venues were mostly on Queen Street in the sense there is Rivoli, 360, Horseshoe, Cameron House, mm. um, Bovine, and then at the Big Bop there was three floors, Holy Joe's, Reverb, and Cathedral. Wow. So, like, gear loading was drive down one street. <laughs> yes, Picking exactly. up gear, drive the opposite way down the same street. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah, real yeah. easy. Now it's, all over the city and um you know that's just enough ne- like coordination on its own mm-hmm. yeah. so but um but yeah no it was, the first year was really cool like i mean i was booking a venue it was called uh b-side it was at fez boutique so we also had shows there um so i guess it was more than six venues um but um i i knew a lot of the bands just because i was actively booking like five, six nights a week. Oh, wow. And uh, personal relationships with almost all the bands. Yeah. Um, and and it was just really easy to communicate and execute. And uh, that year, a band called Live, well, sorry, a band called Aphasia was voted best of the fest, and a band called Obsidian came in second. Mm. And uh, just the quality was great right off the bat. And is it, is it crazy to think about the difference from, uh, you know, present day and, and what you originally did to, you know, fire things up? Is there much difference or is it just like the workloads that much bigger? Um, it, it's a lot different. You know, the whole music landscape has changed completely. Mm-hmm. Um, people like, especially in Toronto, uh, Queen street isn't what it is or what it was. Right. Like it's not a destination like it was, um, there's a lot more neighborhoods taking off. Like, you know, there's uh, Dundas and Ossington. There's College Street. There's Queen West, like past Drake, uh, Drake Hotel. And then there's Queen East. And, and so I find audiences are very fragmented and they won't leave their area mm. unless they, they have a big reason to. Right. You know? Wow. Um, 
and a lot of artists now, it's it's friends and family that show up, um, and it's it's like it's it's funny. You'll watch a show, and people really just go for the band they know, and often they won't even stay for the other bands at times. So, so hmm. marketing and getting people out is a, a different game than it was. Uh, social media is huge, uh, where social media didn't really exist much back then. Sure. Uh, it was postering, flyering, uh, emailing, calling. Mm. Uh, so, so the way you market and promote is a lot different. Um, and we have to be very, like, we're, we're really curating each and every night to put the best lineup forward where it's like, you don't want to leave because the next band is as good, if not better, than the band you're watching now. So mm. uh, it's really important to to make sure the lineups fit the venue and the audience that's going to be there. And provi- on top of that, provide an experience where they'll be like, wow, like I rarely see something like that. Right, right. Of course, that's the, the plan for every show, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. We're, we're working really hard on our schedule, and I think, I you know... Uh, it's cliche to say, but I really believe this is going to be our best lineup yet. Right, right. And this year it's uh, November 13 through 17. Uh, yeah. I, I hate to ask this question, Daryl, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, what are some of your personal highlights? Like, which which bands are you looking forward to seeing? I know that's a tough question because there's a reason to see every band that's playing. Yeah, well, there, there's a lot. Um, we're, a couple of new things that we're doing is um, with a new venue out in the beach area. Some people call it the beaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a venue called The Cut. Uh, we're doing all-ages shows. Oh, nice. And, and we've never really done that before. Uh, we've partnered with uh, Youth Jam and uh, Youth Showcase events or concerts, um, and they're helping present these nights and these shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the stage is going to be opened up to what we call newcomers, which is up-and-coming bands that might not have fit or had a place before. But we were like, you know what? In two years, this artist has something. We mm-hmm. want to give them a spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, there's an artist, Blue Opaline, that's performing uh, on there. Um, and then another thing we're doing is we're doing an Indigenous Showcase. Mm. Uh, which we, we've had indigenous artists before, but we felt it's time to give a bit more focus on it. And uh, the artists that we're talking to on there, there's Carolina East from Halifax, uh, Matt James from Sudbury, uh, and we're talking to a couple of other artists that I'm really excited about. We just haven't done the 100% confirmation yet, so I can't <laughs> talk about it. Right, right. Uh, but that's really cool. Uh, yeah. There's a new band from just outside of Toronto called The Wilderness, They've got a really cool song that just, the melody sticks in my head. Okay. Um, really excited to see them. Uh, Kelly Fraser, uh, she's an Indigenous artist that we had two years ago, and she's coming back. Um, right after we had her perform, she was nominated for Juno. So oh, nice. Super excited to have her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we just announced The Wild. Oh, nice. Those, those guys are fun. <laughs> they're amazing, right? Yeah, they're great band. Uh, yeah, so it's a wide range, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes people think, like, some people have said, oh, you guys are a rock festival. I'm like, no, we've got all genres. Yeah. You know? Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of do that with uh, with my podcast as well. I don't know if you've 
listened or not, but uh, the majority, because I'm you know known as the rock guy in the, in Vancouver from working at Sea Fox for you know 15 years right. or, or whatever it was. But I mean, I, I I'm the same way, man. I do you know mostly rock, but I do some hip hop, some soul, some country. Uh, you know, if it's good, it, it's good. It's and I don't, I don't discern yeah. otherwise. Yeah, we've got genres ranging from like spoken word yeah. to uh, almost new age, hmm. uh, of course, acoustic, folk, Americana, country. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's it's all all across the board. We always have been, you know. Um, but people, I think that's one of the stigmas about Queen Street is oh, that's all rock and roll, right? Uh, but no, we've had all different kinds, and we we continue to do so. Wow, man! Uh, I'll tell you, if I lived anywhere near you, I'd be bugging you to help out. I mean, I probably oh. could help out from Vancouver, but if I was in Toronto, I'd be like, knock, 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 dude! Totally up my alley. I love what you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. it's it's cool. And uh, um, one thing to also kind of mention is, uh, I believe this year is going to be our most international. Oh. Uh, I believe we're around 20, 22 countries are going to be represented. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Um, and wow. La- so one thing we do, it's a little bit different this year. Uh, we have an awards at the end, and we kind of crown, you know, best of the fest and uh, give artists recognition and try to help push their career further. And last year, a band from Korea was voted best of the fest, uh, a band called Tris. Wow. And... Uh, we took them to a festival in Brazil about just a month and a half ago, and they played in front of a few thousand people. Um, it was awesome to see. Like, here we are in Brazil. They speak Portuguese, but they're trying to sing in Korean. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I've been invited over to Korea now. Uh, they're sort of simulating Indie Week mm. uh, at MuCon, and uh, they've invited me over. They're going to do showcases where I pick two artists from Korea to come to Indie Week. So they're kind of doing a mini Indie Week hmm. uh, there. And then in Brazil, while they're, they uh, they ran a road to Indie Week where we selected one Brazilian act to come to Indie Week. Wow. Dude, that's so, awesome. Very cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. And it's it's sort of uh, showing where, where the growth is going uh, with our international. And with that said, that means reps from these countries are coming in and... You know, we're talking to them about looking at the artists performing for booking them at their festivals in their countries. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lots of opportunities. That's very cool. All right, yeah. dude, let's get outside of being the founder of Indie Week Canada. And I, and I want to sure. get to know, know you for more than what you're known for. I'm curious. What are you binging? What are you binge watching if you find the time? Oh, what do I watch? Yeah. Uh, I just finished Nashville. Okay, yeah, great show. Um, yeah, it started good and it got a little weird, but, uh, it, it was really good to see a show that had quality songwriting and, and actual performances and, um, Canadians. I mean, Colin Linden was like music director mm-hmm. and uh, involved and I saw Lindy Ortega in, involved on, on an episode and, uh, so it was good to see some Canadians involved with, uh, U.S. production. Mm-hmm. What was that, uh, band, uh, um, that Colin Linden was in with the guy from Junkhouse again? It was, uh, Blackie and the Road Kings? Oh. Yes, yeah. Blackie and the Road Kings, yeah. Wow, did you ever see those guys? Because they, wow, those guys play, man. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to see him live, and I believe it was Stephen Fearing was Stephen also Fearing. in the event. That's right, yeah. yeah. Wow, that was an incredible act. Holy crap. 
Yeah. 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 All those guys are top notch. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, untouchable. Yeah. Are you a yeah. are you a comic book guy? Like, do you get into the whole superhero types with the Avengers and Deadpool, Batman, Superman, and all that? Absolutely. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, how good I, I, how good is it right now for all those kind of movies? My God. I know. I used to collect all those when I was uh, yeah. young, and I uh, kind of uh, had to at the time, but regrettably, I sold all my X Men comics no. for guitar guitar tuner. <laughs> right. You'll move from one to the next. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a ton. I still have a ton of X Men. Uh, I have a bunch of those old comics from when I was a kid. But I heard that they're not worth anything. Oh, really? Uh, what, wow. did you, what did you sell it for? Was did you? Were you like, oh wow, I can't believe I'm selling it for that much? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just I like <laughs> I was about to join a band and I needed a guitar tuner badly. Right. And uh, you know, I just like I need this, and this is the only way I can get it. But yeah. like. Like, I had the first issue with uh, the appearance of Wolverine. Oh, nice. Uh, wow. And a few others and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the the first appearance of Wolverine in a, uh, a Hulk? Hulk yes, one, it was. 181, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't ask me how the fuck I know that. But I do. <laughs> if, if, it was. Yeah. If you could have a superpower, which power would you pick? Ooh. Uh, probably go back in time. Yeah. How cool yeah. would that be? Yeah, there's a lot of concerts that I would have loved to have been <laughs> at, right? So, <laughs> Yeah. Would, would, name some, some concerts that have you've seen that have just blown your mind. Uh, Roger Waters. Yeah. Incredible. That, that wall tour was nuts. Yeah. Um, I saw you 2 in Edmonton for Pop. Okay. Uh, I saw ACDC outside of Dublin in a field with like 85,000 people. Wow. Um, and then like, like when I was younger, I was a concert junkie. So yeah, same. like I saw like uh power slave tour with Iron Maiden, yeah. um, Aerosmith when they were just making their kind of comeback. Oh, that's one band I've never seen that I, man, I don't know how, how I missed seeing Aerosmith. Yeah. I saw them with Skid Row, and I saw them, uh, I can't remember, oh, Tesla, I think. Oh, yeah, nice. Tesla's great. Great band. Still playing. They played the well, with uh, Def Leppard last year here in Vancouver, and it was a great show. And Poison was on the bill. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, what? Sure. Okay. Like, uh, I saw all those bands multiple times. Like, I just, I literally would, would uh, in fact, we were talking about it the other day, I literally would sleep out at the uh, arena so I could buy like floor seats or tickets as close as I could get, kind of. Um, and I end up seeing like a number of bands, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like there was some that I missed. Like I I I had a ticket to go see Ozzy and Metallica, and uh, it was canceled because of the the crash that uh, affected them, where uh, Cliff Burton passed away. Oh, the bus so, crash! Wow, in the eighties. Yeah. Wow. wow. You know, and I, I really wanted to see that lineup. You know. Um, so, so yeah, if I could go back in time and see some, some great shows, I would. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Skid Row. I saw them open up for Pantera. Oh yeah. That would have been a good one. That was awesome. I, str- I, I drove from Summerland in the Okanagan, drove to Vancouver after my shift at work, saw the show, drove back to work to be at work the next morning. <laughs> wow. In, in like, you know, December, it's like driving through the, the, the crow's nest like fucking snows everywhere. It's just mental. Like, you know, Oh, I did that one. Taking yeah. your life into your hands just to see a rock show. Right. 
Yeah, well, I've had a lot of, I don't know, things like uh, I, I, I saw David Bowie on Sound and Vision oh, Tour. I never saw awesome. Bowie either, man. I mean, holy crap. I yeah, and then uh, I saw the first ever Foo Fighters show in Canada. Wow. It was in Vancouver. Mm, where was that? At the, was it Ballroom? The Commodore Ballroom, yeah. Commodore, yeah. And it was with, uh, oh, Hovercraft, which was, uh, Eddie, Eddie Vedder's wife and Eddie sometimes played in the band was he playing in that show well everybody was anticipating but he didn't show up uh, uh, and they were all opening for uh, Mike Watt that's right and, yeah yeah wow what so a I show saw that and then real funny I, like with Foo Fighters I moved, when I moved to Toronto I actually won uh, a concert package with them like i won a drum kit and all this stuff so i got to see them in toronto but then they did a club show at the horseshoe and uh i was teaching down the street from it and i literally kind of finished teaching it's around five o'clock four thirty and i was like i bet they're sound checking right now Mm -hmm. and i know security doesn't start until 7 p.m so i literally walked in the horseshoe went straight to the back and sat down and watched Foo Fighters sound check and no one else was in the room. <laughs> and it was nice. it was the first show in Canada with uh, Chris Shiflett on on guitar. Like they were doing these club shows just to try to break them in. Right. And so uh, I got to watch and it's funny they'd start a song and then Dave Grohl go stop 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 and he'd he'd go over to Chris and goes no it goes like this and he'd play him the part and then uh, they'd start another song he goes no no stop stop and he'd go over to Chris's guitar <laughs> pedals and dial them around a bit and he goes no it's got to sound like that <laughs> yeah that's cool right like yeah. how cool is that let me hit you with a couple oddballs and I'll, I'll let you go i appreciate you taking the time here um yeah this is great of course uh, uh weed legal legalized marijuana just came last october what are your what are your thoughts on legalized marijuana uh i don't know like i i myself am not part of that community uh so i don't know like i mean to each his own but I also feel it kind of affects things. Like I teach uh, at a music school one day a week, and mm-hmm. I can tell like half the class is like having a hard time concentrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like there's a time and place, and I think that opening it up to being everywhere might become an issue. Mm. But hopefully we'll not. Think- I mean, I, I would like to think that uh, you know, if we as Canadians are given the same sort of green free, no pun intended, free pass like we have with booze. It's not like you yeah. walk around with a beer on the street because, you know, it, the beer's in your fridge. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm out to lunch. I don't know. I, don't, I, I do not go a day's by without walking around and it's everywhere here. Really? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> all really. day, every day, all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I read something, Daryl, that, uh, that the government has lost 35 million or something like that since it <laughs> since it, it it launched like what oh wow how, how can that be you, you look at the templates that the states with the you know different varying states in the united states that you know they're, they're like oh yeah we've 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 posted a 600 million dollar surplus since we launched yeah. and it's like how the how are we, how are we messing that up how is that happening um i think when they were launching wasn't it so a lot of the places were, were didn't have any supply 
there's something I think that's that. what it is. And, and then I also had some people that were saying, like, dude, have you ever tried? And I'm like, no, no, no. I still buy from the same guy. Nothing's changed <laughs> in my world kind of thing, right? But apparently they were sending out, like, you know, there was some, like, moldy weed that was being, like, you can't, what are you guys doing? It's insane. It's insane. Anyway, last, uh, last question. And again, I said it was going to be an oddball. Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Yeah. Yeah, same. Hundred percent. What? Like, if, <laughs> if we're thinking thing. we're the only only species in the universe, I think we're on crack. Yeah, like that doesn't make sense to me. Oh no, I mean, I think it would be the other way around. Like to to suggest that there wasn't alien life form somewhere among that. What are yeah. they? What What does the NASA Kepler program say? There was something like three point three billion uh, viewable planets. Three billion yeah. with a B, like. Come on, there's, there it, within that, within that large of a solar system of a galaxy, there must be, and it doesn't need to be necessarily humanoid life. There's got to be life somewhere. It has to be. Yeah, and in fact, I was just watching YouTube a few weeks ago, and there's just it sounds like there's uh, so many uh, sightings by like, you know, um, military pilots and stuff where where they're like no this really happened <laughs> you know so right where they're like you know the, the the thing's going like Mach 5 and then suddenly does a 90 degree turn yeah yeah like, and you know, stuff that doesn't exist on earth yeah and also like it the, the the hard part about tech and digital is you know uh stuff can be doctored and and whatnot which makes it like also unbelievable at times but uh I think I think it I think they exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for uh, taking the time again to join us here at the Toddcast in Vancouver. Um, yeah, again, thank you, you. You're uh, you're doing great things out east. Um, your festival again. Do you call it a festival? What do you call that? In Indie Week. Yeah. Indie Week Canada is a fe- it's a music festival. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's a music fest, and then we also do a conference called Indie 101, which just takes place during the days of Indie Week. So during the day, it's a conference, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so music industry activities, and then um, at night, it's it's game on with artists playing in 25-plus venues all across Toronto. That is fantastic. Again, this year, it's November 13 through 17. You guys are at Indie Week online, IndieWeek.com, if you want more details on the bands that are playing, and et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Awesome. And we're announcing stuff every week. Like, we're announcing lineups. Uh, I think this Thursday we're going to announce a bunch of lineups. Oh, nice. Uh, so, basically, now until then, there's going to be stuff going up live every week. Very cool. Thanks again, Daryl. And uh, Thank you, Todd. I, you bet. And I guess we'll see you guys online. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. 